Hi, folks, and welcome to the Empowering Dietitians podcast, where each week I explore a different topic to help you feel more confident and connected to your work as a dietitian. I'm your host, Jess Sertikoff Ramola, a registered dietitian, dietitian supervisor, and owner of Empowering Dietitians, where I help burnt out and unhappy dietitians opt out of hustle culture and reclaim their passion and purpose as a human first and dietitian second. After all, we are all more than a dietitian. Welcome to another episode of the Empowering Dietitians Shorts, podcast episodes that are 10 minutes or less, focusing more on reflection questions that you can ponder on your own, rather than me telling you how I feel necessarily. Each topic is inspired by something either I've been contemplating or that another dietitian asked me about. The goal is to leave you with something to sit with throughout the week ending with several affirmations that you can try on, see how they feel, and hold close to heart as you see fit in the coming days. Today's topic is a little heavier, shall we say, compared to many of the other short episodes, at least. Today we're talking about cult behavior and reflecting on some uncomfortable overlaps that may exist within dietetics group spaces. Listen in to get curious about the group dynamics in the profession overall, as well as within specialties, work environments, and sub-organizations that you may be involved in, so that together we can call out problematic behavior and, I hope, cultivate more supportive, collaborative spaces moving forward. This summer on the podcast, I focused a lot on community spaces and group dynamics. And as much of a proponent as I am for collaboration and finding a sense of belonging in the field, I also want to acknowledge some of the ways that we can unintentionally wind up in unhealthy community spaces without realizing it. Particularly when those spaces are simply copying and pasting power over dynamics into hierarchical groups and calling them communities. I generally don't consider this malicious when it happens in dietetics. It's more that I think it's human nature to gravitate toward familiar dynamics and organizational structures that incidentally wind up perpetuating the very opposite of what we're trying to achieve. In short, I think in a lot of ways, we don't know better, so we can't do better. And instead of belonging, we wind up with isolation. Instead of support, we wind up with judgment and peer pressure. Instead of collaboration, we wind up with clicks. So I encourage us all to take some time to think of the community or group spaces that we're in whether it's coworker dynamics at our jobs, organizations that we're affiliated with, or subspecialties we're drawn to, and reflect on how supportive they truly feel. The reflection questions this week are a little unique. They're pulled from common characteristics of cults, which I will actually outline for you after the reflection questions themselves. I framed the questions this way, not because I think dietetics or subgroups within the field are actual cults, 
But because again, I think it's important to understand how blurry the line can get and how hard it can be to recognize concerning group dynamics until you take a step back. I also know that many dietitians feel put off by a lot of quote unquote community spaces and groups within the field, but maybe can't quite put their finger on why those spaces feel uncomfortable or not overly supportive. And this may help add context to it beyond the other ways that I've covered uh, in community space episodes on this show in the past, which by the way, I will link in the show notes if you're curious about hearing more. You can take these questions and think about them in relation to dietetics as a whole profession, or you can think of a movement or an organization within dietetics that you're part of, like I mentioned before, whichever feels most appropriate to you. If there's a specific situation where you're feeling a little turned off by a group space within the field, or really in general, it may be helpful to ask yourself these questions. Additionally, if you find yourself within a community space, or even if you find yourself the head or leader of a group within the field, I encourage you to get curious about your own perhaps internalized biases and approach to the group. This is harder to do. It's much more comfortable to point a finger at something that you aren't in charge of or responsible for and be like, hey, this is problematic. You should do better. It's it's far less comfortable to say, oh shit, I created this thing or I'm heavily involved in this thing and I think I'm complicit in some of these dynamics. It's also so, so powerful and healing if we can be honest with ourselves. All right, you ready? Let's get started with the questions. Do the communities and organizations I'm a part of leave room for questions and critical inquiry, particularly when it comes to challenging established norms, values, and beliefs within the group? What happens when someone openly questions the actions or beliefs of this community or organization? In what ways does the field of dietetics embrace or suppress skepticism or criticism? How is it viewed by the profession when a dietitian chooses to leave the field? How is it viewed by the organization or community I'm a part of when someone chooses to leave or end their affiliation? In what ways or to what extent does this group in question rely on shame cycles or contribute to members feeling they are not and can never be good enough? Is there a leader or leaders? Is there a subset of people who seem to hold all or the majority of the power or influence within the movement, organization, or profession? If so, what happens when someone challenges the actions, beliefs, or integrity of those in power? And to what extent is independent thought encouraged? In comparison, when questions or problems arise, are members encouraged to come together for solutions, or do the answers come primarily or exclusively from those at the top? 
If you're curious, the actual characteristics or warning signs of a cult are as follows, though they probably won't be very shocking based on the questions above since I pulled the questions directly from them. There are five of them, or you can find different numbers uh, based off of different perspectives, different articles, etc. But there are five that I want to outline today. Number one, no tolerance for questions or critical inquiry. The group suppresses skepticism. Number two, there is no legitimate reason to leave. Former followers are always wrong in leaving, negative or even evil. Number three, followers feel they can never be good enough or the group relies on shame cycles. Members are made to believe they are insufficient or unworthy on their own. Number four, the group slash the leader is always right. And number five, the group or the leader is the exclusive means of knowing truth or receiving validation. No other process of discovery is really acceptable or credible. Dependency upon the group or leader for problem solving, solutions, and definitions without meaningful reflective thought occur. And a seeming, there is a seeming inability to think independently or analyze situations without the group or leader involvement. Does this make you think of anything within our profession? And how does that make you feel? Give yourself space for any and all of your reactions. And when you're ready, let's close with some affirmations for your own strength and autonomy. Ready? I am an autonomous thinker with the freedom to form my own beliefs, values, and opinions. I seek and actively cultivate communities free from coercion. I think curiously and critically about the world around me. I embrace power with rather than power over dynamics. I do not settle for power trips disguised as community spaces. I do not need to prove my goodness or worthiness to anyone. As always, I encourage you to sit with these thoughts and reflections through the week and reach out via email or Instagram if you want to share what's on your mind after listening to the episode. Take care, everyone, and I will see you next week for another episode. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Empowering Dietitians podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, there are two things you can do that dramatically help support the show. First, leave a quick rating and or review of the show on your podcast streaming app of choice, particularly if you use Apple Podcasts. This helps new listeners find the show. Second, sharing this episode with a dietitian friend can also go a long way in spreading the empowering dietitian's message far and wide. Speaking of supporting one another, please don't be a stranger if you find yourself in need of that supportive space yourself. 
there are a number of ways to work with me from one-on-one -on -one supervision packages to my course abundance and periodic standalone masterclasses and workshops. The best way to stay up to date on which of those services are available at any given time? Grab my free dietitian journal to sign yourself up for my email list at www.empoweringdietitians.com resources. That's www.empoweringdietitians.com slash R-E-S-O-U-R-C-E-S. -E